The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, Center, and Source. May God guide and encourage you through this message by Beth Coppage. Now I'd like us to turn to Numbers 11, and we'll begin with verse 1. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember. We remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. And there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Now the manna was like coriander seed. It was color was the color of bedellum. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones or beat it on the mortar, and cooked it in pans and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of the tent. And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive these people? Did I beget them, that you should say, Carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers where am I to get meat to give to all these people for they weep all over me saying give us meat that we may eat I am not able to bear these people alone the burden is too heavy if you treat me like this please kill me right here and now if I have found favor in your sight and let and do not let me see my own wretchedness so the Lord said to Moses gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders, and officers over them, bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down, and I will talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the same spirit upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, and you may not bear it alone yourself. Then you shall say to the people, Consecrate yourselves, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow you will eat meat, for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you will eat. You shall eat not one day, not two days, not five days, not ten days, not twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you have despised the Lord who is among you, and you have wept before him, saying, Why did we ever come up out of Egypt? And Moses said, The people whom I am among are 600,000 men on foot. You have said, I will give them meat, and they may eat it for a whole month? Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide for them? Shall fish of the sea be gathered for them to provide enough for them? And the Lord said to Moses, Has the Lord's arm been shortened 
Now you will see what I shall say will happen to you, if what I shall say will happen to you or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered their seventy men of the elders and placed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud, and he spoke to him, and took of the spirit that was upon him, and placed the same upon the seventy. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did it again. But two men had remained in the camp. The name was El- of one was Eldad, the name of the other Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were among those listed, but who had not gone to the tabernacle. Yet they prophesied in the camp. So, so, and a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all God's people were prophets, and that the Spirit would, call, the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses returned to the camp, he and the elders of Israel. Now a wind went out from the Lord. And it brought quail from the sea and left them fluttering near the camp about a day's journey on one side and a day's journey on the other all around the camp and about two cubits above the surface of the ground. And the people stayed up all that day and all that night and all the next day and gathered quail. He who gathered least gathered ten homers. And they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the anger of the Lord was roused against the people. The Lord struck the people with a plague, and he called the name of that place Kibath Hadavah, because there they buried the people who had yielded to craving. From Kibath Havadah, the people moved to Hazaron and camped at Hazaroth. Dear Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that you might come and that you might teach and open the words, your word to our hearts today. Truly, Lord Jesus, I have been on holy ground in the past ten days and, Lord, seen and experienced things that have enlarged my territory, stretched my world, Lord Jesus. And Jesus, one thing I've come away with is how big you are, how creative you are, how big the world is, and how desperately in need of yourself and your son. So, oh, Father, we pray today you might do something in our midst as women, that you might set our hearts on fire. And if there's anyone today holding back any part of their life, they might surrender to the full will of Jesus and become a woman after God's own heart and become a world Christian. Would you stretch our territory? Would you bless us? Would you enlarge our territory? Would you put your hand upon us as a group and individually? Father, would you keep us from sin and would you keep us from causing harm? And, O Holy Spirit, we ask today you might come and open up this chapter that we might never, ever be the same. And we ask it in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Spirit. Amen. 
I want to talk today as we begin our study in Numbers about there's a number of themes that run through the book of Numbers. It is the book that never should have been written because God had taken the people of God. He's gotten them ready in the first 10 chapters, if we remember from two weeks ago, and they're all ready to go into the promised land. And then the people are unwilling to do what that God has given has prepared them for is they are unwilling to fulfill the destiny that God has for them and over and over again you and I God brings into a place that he has a destiny for every single man woman and child that's why last week we're sending love offerings to right to life there is not one child that is born that is an accident every child came from the heart of God and that God has a destiny and a purpose for every single one of us but why is it they are we are just like the people of God we refuse to move into the destiny that God has made for us we continue to hold on to what we know we to continue to hold on to the security of that that we know instead of trusting the one who made it all the one who made us and the only one who ultimately is in control God himself we refuse to trust now I want you to notice as we go through the book of numbers and as you do your homework in numbers notice the characteristics of the people of God I put that in quotes the people that should be the people of God they're carnal they're just as carnal as they can be. And notice the characteristics of Moses and godly leadership and the difference in his life and the life of the people. And then I want you to ask yourself a very serious question. Pardon me, Jesus, where am I? Where am I in the heart of God? The first thing, chapter 11 starts, we end in 10. God's got them ready. They're all ready to begin the march to go to, the, to, the, to Kadesh Barnea to crossover. And what happens? They are following the Ark of the Covenant, which is a symbol of the personal presence of the eternal God. They are following the Ark of the Covenant, and they come. And what are the people doing? In verse 1, what are they doing? Complaining. Pardon me, what are they doing? Complaining. Remember our book that we read a few years ago, or maybe last year, I can't remember. The Mind of the Spirit. And one of the marks of the carnal heart is that I feel like I deserve better than this. That one of the marks that I am not fully surrendered with a life and heart that is undivided and fully God's is that I always feel I deserve just a little bit more. And that God isn't quite giving me a fair shake. And this is exactly what you have in the people of God. A complaining spirit. First mark of a carnal heart is a complaining spirit. And God deals very, very, very severely with them. And do you know why? He has been dealing with them since Exodus. He is, these are the same people that have been taken out of bondage. They are the same people that have been led through the wilderness to this point. They are the same people that have had Leviticus given to them, the, how to live with a holy God and how to live in holiness and relationship to one another. These are the people that God has made for himself so that they can be a witness to a lost, broken world. These are the people that have had tender, loving care from the, from the personal hand of God. And when they are on their march, ready to go to all... All that God has for them, the only thing they can do is complain. And God is saying to you and me, what about you and me? What about you, Bethy? 
He said, well, I sure do wish it were a little bit different here. Lord, I followed you to seminary, and this is what you give me? I sure do wish I had more than this little cement block building. I sure do wish I were nearer my mama. I sure do wish. God, I just think, and our hearts are full of complaints. And God says, wait a minute. Could you give me just a little bit more time? If you weren't so recalcitrant, I could move faster. But you're so slow. Could you give me a little more time? It's only 11 days to Kadesh Barnea. We're almost there. Can you just hold steady? We're about to go across the Jordan into the promised land. Just hold steady. This isn't the end. This is just in the process on the way to all I've got for you. And they couldn't do it. They, they complained. And they cried against the Lord. And the Lord was not happy. And he struck them with fire. Then they ran to Moses, the leader. And, and, and what did Moses do? He prayed. The first mark of spiritual leadership is what? Prayer. He stood in the gap for his people. If you are going to be, and if you are in leadership, if you have, are leading a little family, you have children, you are in spiritual leadership. The first mark of a godly husband, a godly wife, a godly man, a godly woman is prayer. Is where you and I begin to stand in the gap for those that God puts in our lives, beginning with our own families. And they ran, and Moses was such a man of God that when he prays, who listens? God. So he prays and the fire stops. So then the next mark of the carnal heart is the mixed multitude yield to intense craving. They're not happy with what God has provided. And they're not happy with their diet. We keep thinking that um, diet and Food is something that's just with our generation. You never get together as women. We don't talk about diets, do we? We talk about diets, food, exercise. I know there's more to life than that, but you can't be five minutes together that something doesn't come about. Well, has human nature changed? Not a bit. They're not happy with their diet. And so they are craving that that they do not have. They are mourning and craving it. And what happens is they begin to have a memory problem so that havoc is wreaked in their memory and in their mind and they remember Egypt, that from which God has taken them, through rose-colored glasses. They remember fish cucumbers, melons, leeks, onion, and garlic. And personally, none of that sounds too good to me. (laughs) And they go, they remember that, but they have a memory problem. They do not remember slavery. They do not remember bondage. They do not remember the, the whip. They do not remember families separated. They do not remember babies being taken away from mothers and bashed to death. They have a very selective memory about sin and the past. 
and you and I can say God has brought us here and he's brought us to this place or that place and then we say why did he bring us here I deserve better than this and then we say Lord I sure do wish I could go back where it was different and we have a very faulty memory of that that was in the past and remember, we, we've been in the fire with the devil, and he, we come out burned and hurt. And Jesus says, life is hard, and you can be in the fire with me. And when you come out, it comes out redemptive. I can transform the fire. But they had a memory problem. They forgot what it was like in Egypt. And sometimes you and I have a memory problem. We forget what sin is like. We forget what bondage is like. We forget what addiction is like. We forget what Jesus Christ has done and can do in our lives. And we say, I'd like to go back to Egypt. And God is absolutely brokenhearted. <coughs> Instead of going on to the full purposes of God, we say, I, want, I wish I could go back. And so, and then it describes manna. And in Psalm 78, it talks about manna being the food of heaven. And when you and I are not right with him, and our hearts are divided and not undivided, and we are not all his, and have not to come into the experience of the enoughness of Jesus Christ, you and I are not going to have an appetite for manna. We're not going to have an appetite for heavenly things. We're going to be looking back over our shoulder to the things that were, uh, that were. We're going to be watching things on television that we have no business to watch. Because once you and I are full of the Holy Spirit, once you and I are totally His, there will be an appetite for the things of heaven. And the things of sin absolutely cause you pain. You don't want anything to do with them. You couldn't watch that movie if your life depended on it. You would be in such grief. I want to know, ladies, are you holy? Do you know him? I think in Wilmore, Kentucky, we are playing games. We are absolutely playing games. I was, we were in the prayer retreat Tuesday night. Tuesday night, we had the Wesleyan missionary community in Budapest come. The wives come to Katie Beth's house. Her house is little. We're praying over another house so they have can get four babies out of one room. And they were all we had to put them in the bathtub with Dan upstairs so they were in one spot while we cleaned up the downstairs because they only could play. And we spread the tablecloth and we got it all ready. I taken pink paper plates and pretty napkins and pink um, tablecloths and we put it on. And then they, we took um, sh- uh, sh- cream cheesecake. What is it called? Cheesecake. And cherry pie filling and blueberry. Because Kate said, we want to have something they don't have to fix. Because if anything happens, they fix it. If anybody sings, they sing. If anybody has to lead the... They're everything. We want them to come and just rest. So the missionaries came. I had taken... It, Walmart had bought... Those Russell Stover little heart candies for a dollar. I ended up with 13. What a funny number. Because sometimes you know you're jaded. Do you know how many women came? 15. Kate and I were the extra two. We had exactly 13. So we gave them out. They all came early. We started at 6.30 and about 10 past 6, Kate said... Mama, get your clothes on. I feel they might come early. And one lady came at 2 o'clock. She said, I knew you were here, and I just had to come early just to hang out. And so we sat there and drank coffee and watched babies. 
And she just talked. She just talked. And then we met. And they went back for cheesecake two and three times. <laughs> it tasted so good. Because there's no such thing as cheesecake in Hungary. That I, that like, so they went back. There were five nationalities represented in that group of women. And seven different mission organizations. Hungarian, German, American, Canadian, Scottish. And they have paid a price. They have paid a price. And God was using them in a tremendous way. And we opened up the word and talked about the enoughness of Jesus. And then we prayed together. And he came. He came. And the next morning, before we even had the babies dressed, one of them was there, a little German gal. And she said, I need more of him. <laughs> she said, I need more of him. So for two and a half hours, we talked, and Jesus met her. Then another little gal came in the afternoon. And then we went on a prayer retreat. Katie Beth, Shelley, and I, the two WGM missionaries, we went three hours away on Hungarian train. No one in the place spoke any English. It was all German or Hungarian. And, and as I was there, it was like a retreat place in Hungary. And it was, it's the largest thermal body of water in the world. The Romans used to come there. I remember, and we swam, and then we'd come back and eat, and then we had prayer time and Bible study. And God came. He met us. And I remember swimming in that pool in the middle of Hungary, three hours from Vienna, three hours from Budapest. And I said, pardon me, Jesus, I feel like I am in an out-of-body experience. I said, never in my life. When I said yes to you in full surrender, all of me for all of you, did I ever dream the fun you would have for me and then included a prayer retreat in the middle of Hungary in, in uh, the oldest thermal bath place in the whole world, the Roman shoes. I said, God, your plans are so much bigger. Your world is so much bigger. I said, praise you, Jesus. I did not say no. I don't know what destiny God has for you. But and when we talked last year about our Uncle Wiggly adventure, putting Jesus in the driver's seat and just saying, yes, Lord, here we go. You better hold on to your hat because Jesus will take you places that are so unbelievable, so sweet, so precious. You will meet people you never even dreamed about. Your world will get absolutely as big as all of God's heart if you will just say yes and let go of leaks and let go of garlic and let go of Egypt and go for God. Amen. And just go for God. You will never be the same. God is asking today for some women in Wilmore, Kentucky to say yes, 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 yes. And out of this whole group, how many went to Joshua and Caleb and Moses? Nobody else. And the secret is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you come to the place where you die. You die to your self-will. You die to your self-love. We die to our self-protection. We die to our... And just let Jesus become the one. 
we trust and we love and we say yes to. I want to ask you today, where are you? Where are you? And you and I can do just what they did. Spend our whole lives, 40 years, wandering around in Wilmore, Kentucky, and miss him. Just like I left Susanna on my trip. Left the baby. You can live here all your life and you can miss him. And I don't know what destiny God has for you, but I just urge you today with everything in me to say yes to the full will of God so that you might get and experience all that he has and you might know him. What is the promised land? The promised land is a land of milk and honey. Milk is like that that feeds our babies when you are absolutely dependent upon Jesus. And what is honey? The pure sweetness of God himself. Do you know that? Are you totally dependent upon him today? And do you know him? The sweetness of God himself. And when you taste that sweetness, that manna of God himself, you will never, ever be the same. You will never be the same. You will never be the same. The secret of the book of Numbers is the Spirit of God came on the 70 men and it filled them and it marked them. They were marked. They prophesied. Everybody knew that God's Spirit had come. And, and, and Joshua is jealous for Moses and Moses said, Oh, please don't be jealous. I wish every single one of God's people was filled with the Spirit of God. Because then the church could go forward and wouldn't be so limpy. He said that, oh, that the Spirit of God would come on all of them. And then the Lord, Moses could not even believe that the Lord could send meat for the children of Israel. There's 605,000 men. There's 2 million people in the Sinai Desert. There's no meat. And then the Lord says this, and I've claimed this. He said, is my hand shortened? Now you will see what I will do. This was no problem for Jesus. He just sends a little windstorm and the quail come in from the sea. And do you know what the next characteristic of these people, backslidden carnal people, was? Greed. He sent them and and what they did was they spent all day, all night, and all the next day clutching to their bosom quail. And then spread it all out so they'd have it all hoarded. You know what greed is? When I want, when I, God has not provided for me, and then when I have more than I need and I don't share. And God is so sick of their greed, he just strikes them with a plague. And before it's even, and God will give you the desires of your heart. He gave it to Israel. They refused to go in the promised land. They said, we'd rather wander in the wilderness. And God said, okay, that's what you want. I'll give you the desire of your heart. What is it? They wanted quail. He said, okay, I'll give you quail till it comes out the wazoo if that's what you want. But that's not what they needed. That wasn't best for them. And you may have been in a position where God has said, you said, Lord, I surely would like this. And God has brought it to you and then said, I surely wish I hadn't gotten this, God. 
And you live with the consequences of your desires and my desires and your lusts and my lusts and your complaining and my complaining. And we live with it till the day we die and said, oh, if only I had waited on God and gotten God's best for me instead of manipulating and seeking and craving things for myself because I didn't know what I really needed. I refused to trust him. It's not easy to trust him, but he's trustworthy. And you have to be vulnerable and just take one step at a time into the heart of Jesus. And I think Jesus would be so happy today if there would be someone here today say, Jesus, pardon me, I'm sick of leeks and garlic. I want to let it go. I want to be all yours, 150% that there's no agenda in my heart or in my life but Jesus himself. Are you there? Are you there? I read yesterday when I came home about a gal who taught special ed in New York State. And when the commission opened up in Russia, she took a year to go. She ended up in a town that I can't pronounce, seven time zones away from Moscow towards Siberia, China. It's more Chinese than Russian. In a little town where they have over 20,000 orphan children, and she was in no care for them, and her heart was broken. She hasn't come back to New York State to teach. She's still there. And there was another gal who who was a lab technician in Florida. And she went with commission to the, ended up in this same town. Saw these orphan children, and she hasn't come back. She's still there. She said, all my jobs up to this point were jobs. But this is no job. This is a calling. And she said, the only thing I miss is family but everything else I'm as happy as a little pig in the sunshine. I am in the will of God. And she said, I have a family, children after child, child after child after child that no one loves or no one cares for. Then a couple from Georgia. He was a landscaper and she was a research assistant. They went on a missions trip to Mexico. God called them to Latin America they're in Peru working with street children. I don't know where God wants any of us, but I want to know today, are there any of us that are willing to go into the full will of God and say yes and let go of Egypt? Let's pray. Jesus, I I marvel. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, would you come today and talk to every one of our hearts and would you begin with me? Jesus, don't let me replace manna, which is the bread of life, which is Jesus himself, the living bread, with garlic and leeks from Egypt. Lord Jesus, don't let any of us forfeit 
the spiritual destiny for which you made us to settle in the wilderness of Sinai because we won't trust you and release our little self-will for all that God made us for. So out of our life, life, living waters would flow and eternity would be different. Jesus, would you come and do something in Wilmore, Kentucky? Would you make us serious, radical Christians? Would you stretch our world? And Lord Jesus, would you teach us how to pray and how to stand in the gap? Would you move us into a dimension where we care about someone more than ourselves, our, our little family? We begin to care about our families the right way, but we begin to care more about you than anything else in the world so that you can put us in center and in focus. Would you get rid of our complaining spirit, our lustful spirit, our greedy spirit? Would you just come and do a new thing in every single one of our hearts? And Jesus, I just praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you for how sweet you are and how good you are. And I worship you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. We would see Jesus today and be transformed. In Jesus' name.